Welcome, Red Sox fans. Here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Welcome, everyone. The Bastards are back. Flipping the schedule this week since the postponed Sunday game gets moved to Monday. That means the regular show will be recorded Monday night, available for your Tuesday morning commute. So tonight, we will do Hot Take Tuesday a day early. That way, y'all have something to listen to, as you normally would, on a Monday morning. So we've got some hot takes to get into. Jason Kelly... Charlie Smith with me for this episode. How are you guys? I'm good. I'm ready to go. This should be fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I promise. I promise I'll make less than five mistakes on the show. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> Too soon. Yeah, we're going to get into the series in depth, but you know, on the on the regular episode. But Chris Sale got us off to a good start. And then an epic blunder in game two. And you're looking to to win some of these quote-unquote easy games. And it's not happening. And this team is just not taking off. <laughs> He's on mute. Oh, it didn't work. It was muted. <laughs> yeah. oh, attention listeners across the galaxy. All the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pew problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. First scheduled for liftoff, new lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. This spaceship is here to guide you on a journey to trim your body, balls, butt, and even your anus. Get 20% off, free shipping with the code <laughs> FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls, well, thank you. Well done, Charlie. Well done. So let's get into some hot takes. This is Brian on Twitter. And let me preface this by saying he's talking about the Saturday loss, 10 to 1 to the Rangers. Brian says, there's a loss and then there is last night's loss. The Red Sox seem pretty disinterested and not engaged. Sloppy play, errors all over the field. Hard to believe they were big leaguers last night. Jason, your thoughts on that hot take? I think that's fair. Um, I, I think that's totally legit because, again, these are the teams that you should beat up on. Texas, Baltimore, you know, the, the dregs of the American League, like, the, if the Red Sox want to still convince us that after the trade deadline, they're still a contending team that can make the playoffs, these are the teams you need to beat. And if they had lost a close game, if it was three to two, five to four, you know, close game that they just kind of, oh, Texas eked it out. Okay. You could sort of wash it off, right? You go, okay, it happens, right? 
10 to 1, 10 to 1, and you play like that, losing 10 to 1, that's embarrassing. That is straight up embarrassing. That's the kind of stuff that a team that sold off at the deadline does. Um, a team that has just kind of mailed it in and said, hey, we're done. That That's all set. We're done for 2021. That's what that kind of team does. So if the Red Sox still want to convince us that they are a playoff caliber team, they're not doing it. They're not doing it. Losing 10 to 1 to Texas and performing like that is not nearly good enough. So I agree. I think losses like that, they stick a little bit more because it really shows you that this team that we thought they were in the first half, that's gone. That's it. That They're starting to show their true identity. That The regression to the mean is so harsh right now, but this is who they are. They're just – maybe they're not that good. Yeah, similar to what Jason said, just to, to slightly add on to it, uh, the Red Sox needed almost 200 pitches. 200 pitches in this game where they lost 10-1. to 1. Your second baseman made an error. Your shortstop made an error. Your third baseman made an error. Your right fielder made an error. A pitcher made an error. I don't remember the last time the Red Sox had five errors in a game. It's like trying to remember the last time that you saw four wild pitches in a game. Before that Yankees game, I don't remember the last time that I saw four in one game. Ever. Like, ever. I don't remember the last time I saw five errors in one game. Ever. Like, this was embarrassing. This was disgusting. Uh there's not much that you can say good about this team. And if you're trying to make a, a case to defend them, I'm struggling to see how you're doing so. I mean, you've literally seen this team come crashing back down to below reality. It's it's bad. It's disgusting. You know, the, this team's been bad since the final series of July. So it's going on a month now. They've won seven games in the month of August. Three of them were to the Orioles. And you want to see a team that's dialing it in. You want to see a team that's aware of the fact that they're running out of time. The the games are, you know, they're winding down and we're on the home stretch and we're playing worse. It's like this team, they're not recognizing or having any self-awareness as to what's going on right now. And it's frustrating and it's hard to watch. And as we're losing, everybody else is winning. It seems like every night Tampa's winning, the Yankees are winning, Blue Jays been scuffling a little bit, but Oakland's looking like they're going to stay ahead of us in the wildcard race. It's just extremely frustrating, and they don't look like a team that's going to figure it out. They really don't. Do you know what's even worse about all that that you just said, Terry? Is currently, while the Red Sox just lost when they split against Texas until tomorrow's game, uh, you know, you're hoping to get two out of three, but if you're going to lose one, you don't want to lose like this. The Baltimore Orioles have lost 18 in a row, which only makes that three game. Yes, Jason, 18. Isn't that stupid? That's just dumb. You've won 38 games all year. You're pay- you're literally playing just over 300 baseball. That makes your three-game set against ball- ball- Baltimore even less impressive. Yeah, you you went off 
against a team that clearly doesn't give a crap. They're not even there to play. They're just not even there. So you've won seven games, three against Baltimore, four in the month of August. You're trying to tell me that you're a major league team? You're trying to tell me that this is a playoff team? Sorry, folks. No, not a chance. And there's no sense of urgency, which is really frustrating from a team that's been in first place basically all year up until the trade deadline. And then they mailed it in because a combination of factors, they didn't get what they wanted. They didn't get uh, the commitment from their GM or guys just started to regress to the mean, whatever it is. But this is where I lose my mind with, with some Red Sox fans who say, oh, well, it's okay. Talk to us in 2024 when, you know, Tristan Cassis is up and Jeter Downs is up and Connor Siebold is at the top of your rotation. I go, I don't care about 2024. I care about this year when, you know, I don't know, you were in first place and the the league's kind of wide open because the Dodgers aren't as good as we thought they were. The Padres, you know, they're good, but they can't even catch the Giants in their own division. Like, the Red Sox had a chance this year, and it all just kind of fell apart. So, I don't know. I, I'm really – I'm out of patience. I'm frustrated with the way this this has gone. And that weekend series in Baltimore just proved it. It was like it, – it was the Bluminati's wet dream because Bobby Dahlbeck went off, and he had a great series against – against who who is he hitting against again? I, Jorge Lopez, and who are the other pitchers that I can't even remember? Dean Kramer. Um, it's, who knows? Like, yeah. Yeah, he was basically going up against AAA pitchers. And everyone said, oh, you know, and, and Carabas on, on 95 going, well, I'd rather five years of Bobby Dahlbeck than two months of Anthony Rizzo. Really? <laughs> really? You, you're sure about that? Because. Five more years. First of all, Bobby Dahlbeck's 26. He's going to be 27 soon. So whatever. You want five more years of that as opposed to what Anthony Rizzo is giving the Yankees right now? Even when he was on the COVID IL, they were winning games and they leapfrogged you in the division. But you want the five-year long-term plan? Okay. All right. So I, that's, I guess Red Sox fans are just okay with the fact, oh, we suck this year. Yeah, we suck this year. It's okay. But we got a five-year plan. We'll be good. I hope so. I I have doubts. I have a lot of doubts. I mean, I, I'm not too worried about beyond this year, uh, at least for now. But this year is a huge concern and a, and a massive disappointment. Uh, another one comes from a person on Twitter who refers to himself as Crumb. That's his Twitter name. In response to Alex Cora's comments and frustration following that second game, Crumb says, resign, you have lost the team. So getting a little extreme, you know, with that. And I I don't think any of us doubt uh, that Alex Cora will be back uh, at least for 2022 at this point. But the pressure has to be on because he had that dream season in 2018, 2019, very lackluster. And you can say that they lost sale and they lost price, 
but that was late in the season and it was over before then anyway. We weren't going to make the playoffs. So that was a disappointment. And then I know Bloom in the front office have a lot to do with some of the failures this year. But you can also say that even though the team's bad right now, they're not they're not that bad. Okay? They're they're on one extreme end of the spectrum and and maybe in the first half they were on the extreme end of the opposite, but they shouldn't be one of the worst teams in baseball. It's a talented enough roster to be a 500 team in the, in the last month at least. So how much pressure is on Alex Cora going forward? I think there's quite a bit. Um, and in terms of, you know, Alex Cora has lost the team. Um, I, I disagree. I'll quote unquote, call the cops on that one. I don't think he's lost the team per se, but it's, it's fair to say that, look, did your GM and your owner let you down at the deadline? Yep. 100% they did. 100%. And I I don't need to hear about Kyle Schwarber and, oh, he takes walks and, you know, look what he – I don't care. I don't care. Okay? Don't tell me he's the most impactful bat that you could have gotten at the deadline. It's not true. And we'll never see him at first base. That much is becoming very obvious as days go by. You're not going to see him at first base. So this whole idea of, Oh, we get Kyle Schwarber and we'll put him at first base. Nope, not going to happen. Not going to happen. So your GM and your owner, I think, let you down at the deadline. So then it falls to Alex Cora. Can he reach out to these players? Can he get these guys to stay motivated and say, look, we've got a good roster still. We added Kyle Schwarber and we still got a good roster. You guys have been in first place all year. We can still do this. And they immediately just folded. They folded. They went to New York. They got their asses kicked. They can only beat up on bad teams like Baltimore and Texas. And even Texas can still smoke them at times. So I think there's a little bit of heat on core. I think it it is fair that, you know, if we're going to hand out shares of what I, you know, the blame pie, like core deserves a big slice because you're the manager of this team. You were the guy that in 2018 brought them to the World Series and won it. And everyone thinks that you got this this magic touch. Everyone thinks that you can get through to guys like Devers and Bogarts and, you know, that you have this close connection with all these guys. But when it comes down to it, the second half of the season, the last two months, it doesn't look that way. It looks like he's he's kind of lost it. So... Do I think he should be fired or let go? No, of course not. I, you know, because I, I don't think your ulterior, I don't think your alternative options are any better. But has Cora done the best job that he possibly could have done this year? No, he hasn't, and and he deserves a big share of the blame pie, without a doubt. I'm so. I've said from the very beginning, like I was a big pessimist about this team from the get go. People can cry, complain. Uh, get salty about it. But I said this team was going to win 70 games. I, I said it. And uh, I looked kind of foolish at the beginning of the year. And now everyone's saying, well, I just don't get it. Like, how come they're not winning games and they're not putting their best foot forward? You just watched why I felt the way that I did. They way overplayed in the first half of the year. They were winning games they had no business in winning. 
And they also had cupcake victories because of dumb BS plays. I, I brought up the Rosarena play in right field in one of the first series of the season. Four wild pitches in the top half of a... Uh, uh, the top half of the inning against the Yankees. Like, these are just a couple of examples. It's happened all year long. There have been games where we had no business in winning, and it was other teams losing it, not us winning it. Um, Cora does deserve a part of this blame. There's no question. But an even bigger part of the blame has to be Bloom for not adding the pieces at the beginning of the year. You did not set this team up for success. Getting... Kyle Schwarber at the deadline to not play first base and just do whatever, not going to cut it. The last game that we just saw against Texas, you had one extra base hit. Bobby Dahlbeck got it. One double. You had five errors. One of your former members of the starting rotation got rocked in a reliever role. And Erod, who was projected to be your 2-3 slotted guy, got rocked as well against Texas. Texas. We're the worst teams in baseball. And they don't have... Joe Gallo there mashing anymore. There's no excuse. Absolutely none. And you have players that look defeated. They look lost. They look like they're quitting. You got Devers going 0 for 4. JD Martinez going 1 for 3 with a single. Just a bunch of people that aren't doing their jobs. This is why we did well at the beginning of the year. You depended significantly on three or four bats. Now what happens when all three, four bats don't play or they don't do their job? Forget about the random day off after a day off or a day off before a day off. Yes, that's annoying and it's stupid, but who gives a shit? At the end of the day, look at this. This is the product that we have right now. I don't feel good about this. Tara and I talked about this where I said, we'll be lucky if we maybe finish with 84, maybe 85. This seems a big trouble. When Alex Cora got brought in, you know, the 2018 season, the 2018 season, excuse me, was his first season. And I think he needs to realize that he's probably never going to have another year like that again. And he's never going to be able to manage a team like he did that year ever again either. And that's what I'm not sure about right now. Does he realize this or not? Because he's going to have to be a tougher manager. You know, maybe he's a player's manager, obviously. And I think it's possible to still be tougher, but still be somewhat of a player manager. But he, he has to be tougher. And I've always said the last two or three years that he's a top two or three manager in the league. That's how I felt. But now, I mean, not it's going to be his second straight season. Obviously, with 2020, you know, not being one of them, so 2019, 2021, of not making the playoffs, and you look at some other managers that you could put in that top three right now: Dave Roberts, Craig Council, who I think is the most underrated manager in all of Major League Baseball. And I'm going to say this: if the Red Sox aren't in October, I will be watching more Brewers games than any other team. I'll be watching. I'll, it's my favorite month of the year, so I'll be absorbing as much as I can. But I love that Brewers team. And I think Craig Council is extremely underrated. Your average baseball fan has never heard of Craig Council. But he's the manager of the Milwaukee Brewers. So pay attention to them. And then Kevin Cash. I still don't know what to make of him and what the analytics department might be. But 
I think at face value, you have to put him at least in the top five, if not the top three. Brian Snitker, I mean, the 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 Braves were dead and buried when Acuna tore his ACL, and now they're comfortably in first place, and they're gonna they're gonna be straight into the NLDS, and it'll be their third or fourth year in a row with Snitker as the manager. So maybe he needs some you know, some credit for being uh, at least a top five. And I'm still going to put A.J. Hinch up there. I still think he's a good manager. And the Tigers have played pretty well in the second half. And so we'll we'll see. We'll see. But I, I don't think Cora is automatically in the top three any longer. So... No, and, and I think if you, if you want to look at another former Red Sox, I mean, Gabe Kapler, the, day, the, the job that he's done out in San Francisco... With the Giants, I mean, no one, no one expected the Giants to be good. And they're leading that division. They're better than the Padres and the Dodgers right now. So, um, you know, and, and there's there's been a few surprise teams here and there. But, yeah, Alex Cora was handed a really good roster. Um, he had a good reputation going in. And first half, it looked like, oh, here we go. Alex Cora's working his magic again. But... Second half has been just a complete disaster. I mean, we talk about all the time. It's like, historically, this is one of the worst collapses in Red Sox history, or at least it's headed that way. So as good as the first half was, as good as 2018 was, this second half, if it continues to go this way, that's going to hang on him too. I've said in recent shows that this collapse is going to be talked about for years to come. Whenever you know, say in 2024, we're collapsing, people are going to bring it right back to 2021 be like, remember that one? Remember that collapse? That might be what's happening right now. Charlie, you got any more thoughts before we move on? No, no, no. Let's carry on. I think you guys hit hit both of the uh, major talking points. And, I mean, you, you already mentioned the fact that Core is not a top three anymore. And I, I like, I've liked Council for a little bit. I think Kevin Cash is perhaps the most underrated manager only only with counsel to, to beat um i respect the kapler call out jason but i'm curious to know if this is a one-hit wonder if it's only just this year or if he can do it again i don't want to just say i don't want to put gabe kapler you know up into that group just yet because uh, i do want to see what he can do next year with the team too but otherwise yeah let's carry on i, I thought they were going to be bad because Kapler was their manager, I'll say that. But I think, I think I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just kind of wipe the slate clean and, and see what he does from here. And, and it's it's so ironic that Girardi's struggling mightily with Kapler's old team. And I'm a big Joe Girardi guy. So yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Tyler Milliken, who I believe actually works for the the Sports Hub, says. Christian Vasquez has been nothing short of disappointing all across the damn board in 2021. I, I agree. I agree. And, and I'm a big fan of Tyler Milliken. Uh, shout out. Cause I I've heard him on 985 a few times, um, a little bit too heavy on the stats, but uh, in general, I think he obviously knows what he's talking about. And I agree. I, I think Vasquez has been disappointing. Um, both at the bat and behind the plate. I I said it before, like, when he's catching Chris Sale, I don't think he really calls a great game. 
I like sales first start back. I called it out. It's like he's calling for changeups down the middle, and you know, it, I don't know. Sale pitched pitch well despite that, but I, I just Vasquez to me is quickly losing value, and he's thirty one now, so he's a thirty one year old catcher who he had one really good offensive season. And his defense has kind of slipped off the last few years. I just feel like at, at this point, if you're the Red Sox, you're looking at a guy who's depreciating in value. You're not going to get much for him if you try and trade him now. Um, I mean, we're at the point where Alex Cora is DHing Kevin Ploiecki just to get his bat in the lineup. Like that's what, which is kind of a pathetic statement on your offense in general, but it's also kind of a bad statement on Christian Vasquez that like Alex Cora seems to favor Kevin Pulecki over him right now. Um, and I think if it were up to him, he'd play him more games than Vasquez going forward. But, you know, Vasquez has a contract. He's got the longevity, all that stuff. So I've been down on Vasquez since really last year. Um, this year has only further solidified that. So um this is why I hope the Red Sox, their catching depth in the minor leagues and, and in their farm system is good, but I know that it's not really, which is kind of a shame. So you might be looking at Kristen Vasquez being your catcher for longer than you'd hope because there's no one, you know, banging at the door to take his job, which is a shame. So Vasquez, outside of 2019, has 22 career home runs. Here's the thing. 2019 was the wiffle ball era where just uh, everybody hit home runs and people like Danny Santana looked like a real baseball player. Marwin Gonzalez looked like a real baseball player. Hell, even Christian Vasquez had over 20 home runs. He's never hit double digits since. He's had five home runs this year. He's literally put up almost the same numbers as he did last year in twice the time. He is not a starting catcher. At this point, you have to accept the fact that he is just not the guy. Uh, I'm okay with Milliken being a, a, a numbers person and a stats person because I'm the same way. Numbers don't lie. People do. And uh, his numbers have not lied at all this year. Like, you're witnessing just mediocrity at its finest behind the dish. And um, you're right. Kevin Ploiecki's bat is in the lineup, and we talked about it. Like, okay, cool. Maybe we should put him at first base. At this point, I'm okay having Ploiecki start at catcher and having Vasquez be the, the guy who spells him every third game or fourth game because it's just not fun watching Christian Vasquez at the dish. It's almost Bobby Dahlbeck-esque. Like, you're just – you're not going to get anything, and you're not throwing anyone out. You're not saving anyone. Uh, it's just, it's just a huge, just cascading falling from grace and he's not getting any younger. I think what Vasquez is, I, I don't even know how old Vasquez is. 31. Is 30? Just turned 31, 31 okay. yesterday. I, I think. thought it was 30. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. It was his, it was two players birthday. It was Vasquez and somebody else. I forgot. Um, yeah. So it just, it is what it is now. Well, I, with Ploiecki, though, he can't throw out anybody. Like, 90% of the runners make it when when Ploiecki's behind the plate. So I, I think that might be Vasquez only saving grace as he does hold the runners better. Um, 
what frustrates me about Vasquez and, and Jason alluded to it is the game calling. I think that could sink a team so fast. If you have a catcher behind the plate, not knowing what to call. Jason Veritek was obviously elite. He caught three no-hitters. That might be the most of any catcher in history. Or, or tied the most, something like that. We saw it with Sandy Leone. Somehow, his game calling got Rick Porcello a Cy Young. <laughs> Which, I still to this day can't believe he ended up winning. So, I'm just worried a lot about the game calling more than anything, even though there has been a decline in his offensive production as well. And I think there's a chance this winter that Bloom could trade him. Not so much that he's trying to get value, but maybe in the sense that this team needs a bit of a shakeup. It's a little too comfortable, a little too complacent, and someone will take Vasquez. We just might not get that big haul we might have gotten a year ago or two years ago. So I'm just wondering if, if he'll be back next year. I think Sandy Leone's coming back. I'll tell you that much. I think Chris Sale's going to get his catcher back. And I'm quite frankly, I'm surprised Vasquez was even catching sale in game two. I figure in the first game, they're like, okay, we don't want to kick Vasquez out immediately. So let's let him catch the first one. And it won't look like a demotion as long as he catches the first one. But he was catching him uh, game two. And, and we'll get more into Chris sale tomorrow in the, um, in the regular episode. But, I think Vasquez could be gone, and I think he could be the culprit behind some of the pitching woes. So I'll say this. I agree. I think Vasquez could be gone. Um, I'm not sure about Sandy Leone coming back. Oh, he's coming back. back. I, he... I don't know. I Look, if there's two things that Terry loves, it's the Cleveland Indians potentially winning the division and Sandy Leone being in a Red Sox uniform. Um <laughs> Neither of which I think are going to happen anytime soon. So, well, definitely not uh, the Indians, but no. And and look, that being said, I mean, I can't give you a better name in the Red Sox system right now who's a catcher who could come up and platoon with Pilecki. So, would it completely shock me? No. Um, I do hope that the Red Sox have a better plan in place if Bloom decides to trade Christian Vasquez. Um, Unfortunately, I'm not sure that he will. I think that Vasquez is one of these guys that he's going to be a Red Sox until his contract runs up, and then That's they'll just let him go. Through next which, year. There's an option yeah, which, for next year. Yeah, it's, it's only one more year, so I could see them just being like, you know what, let's keep it for another year. Let's try and get some more catching depth. But, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked either way. I really wouldn't. So there have been a couple of times when I uh, I would say something and I'd hear Terry or someone go, oh, God, no. And and this is <laughs> one of those moments where, you know, uh, Jesus, if we're bringing back Sandy Leon, it's <laughs> like uh, it's like for the love of the game where they brought back um, uh, John C. Riley. Right. Wasn't John C. Riley the catcher, the personal catcher for Kevin Costner? 
it's going to be like that all over again. And I just, oh, Lord, I don't know, man, because I feel like there's a bunch of players that, honestly, if they leave Boston, I don't even care because they're so bad. They're so bad. And he's on that list. I, I, I want no part. I want no part. Just send him on his way, pack his bags, be done with it. I'm over this. I'm over the Christian Vasquez experiment. Well, what if Sale gets thumped a couple of times with Vasquez catching him? Then what? Then where are we? I mean, here's the thing. You, you're you going to experiment with Sandy Leone, someone who's not got any report with any of these guys. I'm, I'm done with, with Vasquez, too. Like, I'm done with Vaz. I was done with Sandy. We need to find another solution. Like, Jonathan Lucroy, I know we, we, we brought him in. I was waiting for Terry to go, oh, God, no. Uh, we need to find a guy like that. We need to bring in a catcher with some, um, a little bit of like veteranship into this team because we're just, we're not going to get it done. We're not going to, we need a good play caller behind the plate. Vasquez isn't it. And Sandy Leone, I don't think he's it either. So I, yeah, I've always thought that the catcher position in baseball, the most important part is calling the game behind the plate. Like, I don't care if you get offense from your catcher or not. Quite frankly, I don't. I, I think it's overrated. Um, like, I, I think the GT Real Mutos of the world and guys like that—they're they're kind of overrated. Like, and this Red Sox offense on paper should not need the catcher to be a big part of it. They've got enough firepower that if these guys just play to their potential, they should be fine. They should score enough runs. The catcher can sit in the eight or nine hole, and it doesn't matter. So. Just get me a guy who can call a good game on the plate. Like, that's what's frustrating about Vasquez is that I don't think he can do that on a consistent basis. I think with some pitchers, he has a good rapport. And I think with others, like Chris Sale, who's, quite frankly, your most important pitcher, he doesn't have it. So I'm okay with letting him go because, well, he might be good offensively, but whatever. Like, I don't care. I I don't need offense from the catcher. I need the catcher to call a good game high on the home plate and be able to throw runners out. That's all I need. If he hits 220 and doesn't provide a ton of offense, that's fine. You're the Boston Red Sox. You're always going to have a firepower offense. You should at least, as long as your owner and your GM are willing to spend a little bit of money, which <laughs> we'll see. But that that should that should be all you need. So I'm okay. Uh, I'm good with Vasquez going on his way. Get me a catcher who knows what he's doing with sale, knows how to call the pitching staff, and get that offense up and firing. That's all you need. Very good. I guess on that, we're just over the 30-minute mark, so we will wrap. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back in 24 hours to record the regular show. I'm still actually not sold. The game is going to happen. I mean, the the weather does look a little dicey, but it's going to be that much harder to schedule makeup games beyond this point. Only so many off days. They're from Texas, so there's a lot of logistical things. So who knows? Maybe they'll wait till 10 p.m. because they're that desperate to try to get the game in but one way or the other we will be back with an episode 24 hours from now getting into everything from that texas rangers series so have a good start to your week take care